Welcome to Newcastle Libraries Real. Newcastle Libraries can be accessed from wherever you live with the Newcastle Library app. Put borrowing at your fingertips. Welcome to the Know Your Rights series presented by Newcastle Libraries Real and the Hunter Community Legal Centre and CDAH. The information provided in this session is for information purposes only. It must not be relied on as legal advice. You should seek individual legal advice about your own particular circumstances. Before we begin, we would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of this land and pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging, for they uphold the memories, the traditions, the living culture and hopes of Aboriginal Australia. We acknowledge that under the concrete and asphalt, this land is, was and always will be traditional Aboriginal land. We also wish to acknowledge you if you are an Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander person. Hi, I'm Duhita Lewis, the Community Legal Education Coordinator at the Hunter Community Legal Centre in Newcastle. Hi, my name is Tuba Chaudhary and I'm a Generalist and Youth Solicitor with the Hunter Community Legal Centre. Hi, I'm Kath. I'm a peer worker at CEDA, Community Disability Alliance Hunter. And we're an organisation that's run for and by people with disability. On this podcast, we will be exploring some of the modern scams and frauds that have unfolded before us nowadays, especially during the times of COVID. These come in many forms like online scams, phone scams, face-to-face scams. Somehow it seems to have become a common phenomenon to take full advantage of people during uh, difficult times. And we have seen this happen before Uh, during natural calamities, especially during the bushfires in Australia in most of the regions. Unfortunately, the word scam itself has such a negative meaning and people tend to feel too ashamed to say that, you know, they've been scammed or even speak out about it or report it for fear of being stigmatized. Dohita, I guess that um, I got caught up in a scam and I felt pretty terrible and I did actually feel quite silly. Um, As you say, I did feel like I should have known better and that other people might think I was a bit hopeless really. Um, So I got caught up in a Facebook scam. My account got hacked as unfortunately often happens on Facebook. They of course used my identity and my profile picture. So there's really no way for people to know that it's not me that's contacting them on Facebook. So my news feed uh, put up a request that someone, that people would donate to me as part of an overseas study trip. So it said that I was going overseas to study and that I really needed some financial support to do that. Of course, anyone can get caught up in these sort of scams. But unfortunately for me, a friend of mine who has an intellectual disability didn't know it was a hack and didn't know it was a scam. And because she liked me and trusted me, she did donate. She did transfer money to the scammer's bank account. Fortunately, her sister noticed and her her sister and her mum were able to support her to contact the bank. And I'm pretty sure they were able to stop the transfer happening. That is a great example, Cass, although extremely unfortunate. In the 21st century, where technology is advancing, scammers are using different ways to try and gather donations. Scammers and organisations are trying to get donations for a variety of causes. For example, we have seen a bunch of fake charities that were asking for donations during the bushfires, and we have started to see scams during COVID-19. 
These scammers could be pretending to be real charities that you already know, creating their own charities, or even acting like a person who has been negatively impacted by COVID-19. These scammers operate in a number of different ways. You may be approached on the street or at your front door. They may call you, direct message you, create fake websites and pages on social media, like you mentioned, Kath, and crowdfunding to raise funds. New scans are popping up all the time, so you just have to make sure that you are careful about some of the requests to donate to these different causes. As a general rule, don't donate via fundraising pages on platforms where you can't double check the identity or details of a charity organisation. And be careful about crowdfunding requests as they may be fake and be created by scammers. Check the terms and conditions of the funding platforms to make sure you're donating to the official organisations. If you are unsure, talk to your support worker or a family member before donating. If you have a concern about a registered charity, you can also contact the Australian Charities for Non-for-Profits Commission, also known as ACNC, or email them at advice at acnc.gov.au. If you think you've paid money to a scammer, just like Kathy mentioned with your friend, please contact your bank as soon as possible, or you can call the Hunter Community Legal Centre for advice. Share this information with family members and friends who you may think have been affected by this. Did you know that you can find law handbooks, tenants' rights manuals and other helpful legal information and links in the Newcastle Library's e-library? Look for business, law and consumer information on our website. Honestly, these scammers are totally playing on your heartstrings. They also know that something that would emotionally appeal to you. And it's like appealing to me to donate to a cause for a country which is going through hardships during COVID. There's just this assumption that because I come from India, which is also facing hardships, I would definitely understand the cause and very willingly just donate to any random cause. I think this is just a horrible way of making money from someone else's kind-heartedness and empathy. I'm often asked to donate to a number of disability charities, which is really interesting, including the ones that I use. And I can never be sure if it's really that charity or if it's a scammer. So I never do it because it might be a scam. And also I don't kind of really want to donate to a charity that I'm accessing as a person with disability. That's not necessarily a scam, but it kind of feels a bit like bad behavior to me. So if I get a call from one of those charities, I will try and check the website and see if that same cause or that same fundraising appeal is on their website. We have actually come across some instances of scammers knocking on people's doors during this time of COVID, offering to do people's groceries and uh, just taking their money and making a run for it. There have been scammers getting into people's homes under the guise of being there to sanitize their homes and making their homes COVID-free. And once they are let in, they rob the place and, again, make a run from it. So, you know, there have been some really bad instances of people even knocking at their doors, not just on, on the internet. Tahita, I find this one really interesting because there are amazing ways that people are supporting each other in our communities at the moment. And I guess I don't want us to be so scared of scammers that we miss the great stuff. You know, Mm -hmm. we miss the really good things that are happening around us during COVID, such as neighbours helping each other. 
And yeah, it's really important that we we let ourselves be part of the really good stuff. I guess though, if it's a neighbour that I haven't heard of, I mean, hopefully we're at least know the names of the people around us. (laughs) So if I haven't heard of that person, I probably would play it safe and not get involved in what they might be offering. So doing your groceries for example i mean that's something that people with disability are really needing during covid and so it would be really tempting but i guess if you're not sure you might want some assistance to order them online or you might be able to do it yourself and totally get your support worker or your uh, family member if you need them to help you get through the maze of the online website mm-hmm. and I guess don't let anyone into your home really treat them a bit like a salesperson <laughs> always keep your screen door shut that's a big one for me shut it and lock it and just talk to the person um, from inside your from behind the door if you like one of the things that I'm really aware of is that a blind person I can't check the ID so even on days when we know that door knockers are expected I don't choose to take the risk I will say that I'll donate on their website or check them out online and maybe I'll never actually do this, but that is what I say just Mm. so I don't feel so rude. Mm. I guess I'm also really big on making sure that they don't know that I'm on my own if I am. Mm. So um, it's really good to try and start up a conversation with someone and say, yeah, mum, I've got the door, we're all good. So that's been an important one for me. I guess You know, when it comes to tips and tricks and avoiding scamming, our safety is the most important thing. So my rule is when in doubt, don't. You're right, actually, Kat. It can seem a bit hard to be impolite to people at your doorstep or on the phone who are claiming to especially be your neighbor or maybe someone you know. It's it's sort of a habit to be nice to people and to acknowledge them. But I guess it There are always ways, I can say, to um, tackle people who are there in person, like a salesperson. But sometimes it's even more difficult with um, people over the phone and on SMSs, because in this digital age, you get so many uh, SMSs, phone calls and even emails, which are asking you to claim maybe a prize or a gift that you've just won. So that can particularly be really hard. I was really fortunate uh, not to get involved in one of these scams. I kind of realized after I got a bit of help from someone. So what happened to me was I was really excited. I got this text message, which I thought had come from uh, a local sort of electronic sound uh, hi-fi kind of store. I was told that I had got some credits to spend with them because I had spent over a certain amount and... And that seemed real to me because I had been in the store and I had spent the thousand dollars that they said entitled me to have some credits. And the text message also told me to click on a link. And when I checked out the link, fortunately, before I clicked on it, I checked out the address and it didn't actually have the name of the organization that had sent me the text. And these days we know that often the links have what we call the domain name. So the the title of the organization or the company. Uh, So fortunately I did have a support person there and she was like, nah, don't do it. So um, yeah, I, I fortunately didn't take up the scam. And I also get a lot of 
uh, SMSs telling me that I've won a prize in an overseas lottery <laughs> that usually come in the middle of the night. So I ignore those ones too. That's a really great example, Kath. Sometimes we can receive text messages and SMSs from companies that we actually know. So like you mentioned, you received a text message from an electronic store where you had just made a purchase. And these text m- messages may tell us that we have won a gift and just need to call a certain number or click on the following link and claim your prize. It's just that easy. You have to be really careful of these text messages because when you call the number or click on the link, it can ask you to provide private and confidential information such as your bank details. This information will then be sent to the scammers. So remember that if you receive one of these texts, do not click the link and delete it straight away. Scammers may also call you and make threats to arrest you or make other demands from you and tell you to pay the money that you supposedly owe them. These scams are usually designed to frighten you into handing over your money. The scammer may call you and pressure you to pay immediately. These scammers will often pretend to be government officials from agencies such as the Department of Immigration and Border Protection, the Department of Human Services, Centrelink. A common scam that you might have heard of has been when people are called from a scammer pretending to be from the Australian tax office and asking for payment for an outstanding tax debt and threatening arrest or legal action if you don't comply. Scammers may also pretend to be from a trusted organisation, including energy and telecommunication providers. These scammers may use email to send fax, tax invoices or fines and threaten to cancel your service if you don't pay the bill immediately. These emails usually include a link to a fake website or we will ask you to download the bill onto your computer or laptop. Clicking this link or downloading the file could infect your computer with malware, which can open up on your computer and steal your personal information. This can also happen when you receive a text message on your phone, so be sure not to click on the link. I know this all sounds a bit scary, but these scams are designed to scare you into handing over your money without seeking any assistance or help from anyone. So there are a couple of things you can do to protect yourself. Firstly, don't be pressured by a threatening caller. Stop, think and check whether their story is true. A government agency or trusted company will never ask you to pay by odd ways, such as a gift or store card, iTunes vouchers or Bitcoin. If you receive a phone call from someone threatening you and asking you to pay a fee, hang up and do not respond. Do not use any contact details provided by the caller. If, for example, your energy company is saying that you owe an outstanding bill and they can give you a number to speak to someone else that can confirm this, hang up and find the number for your energy provider through an independent source, such as an old bill that you have paid or through an internet research that, search that you conduct. Do not respond to text message or emails. If you do, the scammer will respond and try harder to get money off you. Never send your credit card details, online account details or personal information to anyone you don't know or trust. And finally, if you feel you or someone you know has been scammed, please call the Hunter Community Legal Centre for free legal advice. CDAH would love to hear from you if you want to connect with other people with disability. You can email us at info at cdah.org.au and like us on our Facebook page. Thanks for that, Tuba. I think a lot of people are going to be finding this quite distressing to know that um, a trusted authority is being impersonated. I mean, I wonder if this could ever happen with, say, the National Disability Insurance Agency, also known as NDIA. Kath, have you actually come across something like that before? 
I fortunately haven't, um, and I hope I never will. But I guess the NDIS, National Disability Insurance Scheme, is becoming more known throughout our community. um, And people might think that there was a, a way that they could benefit from it. So I guess, as you say, it would be really, really scary. And I guess some of the things that might be red flags um, for me and maybe for you is if I was asked um, by SMS to give out details such as my participant number and details about my package, I would know to ignore it. The thing about the NDIA, the National Disability Insurance Agency, is they do have a commitment to only communicate with you in the ways that you've agreed to. So it's likely to be a phone call or an email. So if something came to me from a text or on Facebook or social media, I would pretty much know that it was a scam. That's some important information. Thanks for that, Kat. Actually, this was a really insightful discussion with both of you. And are there any takeaways that you would like to give, Kat? So my takeaways would be if something doesn't feel right, check with someone else before you act on it. Sometimes these things can be just a gut feeling that something's not right, especially unfortunately when you've, uh, like me, been a bit caught up in some. Don't feel bad about saying no. Be really careful about giving money. As you said, Tuba, when someone comes to your door asking for it, always pretend there's someone else in with you. If you're asked to donate on Facebook, you could always message the person to find out if it's real. And always ask a family member or a support person if you have any doubts at all. Thanks for that, Kat. And what about you, Tuba? What are your takeaways? If I had a few key points I'd like um, you to take away from this podcast, it would be with all the scams we have talked about, the key is not to feel pressured into them. Just stop, think, and check whether their story is true. Whether that be by yourself or asking a support water family member, just like Kath mentioned. Also, and most importantly, not to feel embarrassed to call and find out if it was a scam from someone you know, and most importantly, to report it. By reporting a scam, you can help identify the current scams that are out there, and it might happen to someone else you know as well. So you can make a report online or over the phone to Scamwatch to report a scam, or you can contact the Hunter Community Legal Center for free legal advice about what has happened to you. Thanks, Kath, and thanks, Tuba, for joining in this very informative discussion. And thank you for listening. Access to justice and knowing your rights is what really matters to us. If it matters to you too, please share the Know Your Rights series on Newcastle Library's Real with your friends and rate us and review us on iTunes. Thanks for listening to the Know Your Rights series presented by Newcastle Library's Real, the Hunter Community Legal Centre and CDAH. We hope this has raised your awareness. If you've got a topic you'd like us to cover, you can email us at admin at hunterclc.com.au. This has been a Newcastle Library's Real Production.